This is the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host. My name is Kelly. And I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, that as dads, we're just like moms. Except we're dads. you go ahead and start by introducing yourself okay i'm joseph augustine uh currently pastoring in calgary alberta a province in uh, canada uh province right above montana so i have two kids uh one was born in october of 2020 a COVID baby, they, they COVID call him baby. COVID baby. Although he was conceived before COVID. Yes. <laughs> but he's a COVID baby, supposedly. Uh, so the first one, first born is, actually he's turning three in April. My first born is turning three in April. And uh, the new uh, the newborn is four months old now. Who would have thought, right, that we would have had COVID babies? <laughs> Listen, listen, I, 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 I still struggle when I consider that I'm, I'm not living in a third world country and I see everybody, every, everyone around me walking around with masks. I have a theory as to why it's OK to not get used to it, because it's not natural, right? Like it's not normal for us. So True. the moment that we became that we become to get used to it then that means that we've really integrated it into our just like way of being from this point moving forward. And I just can't, I can't accept that reality yet. Like I still, I'm still holding on to not like everybody else is saying, you know, we're going to get back to normal because that's going to change, right? That has already changed. Yeah. But if there's one aspect of, what that normal was is I want to be able to walk outside without covering my face and I'm holding on to that. One of the things that I like to do, I like to take my son to the mall, the, the, the first one, just take him to the mall and let him walk around and tire him out. Every time, you know, three, I try to take him there three times a week, just let him walk around, walk in circle because the, the, mall, the mall is big. So I let him walk around the mall and let him tire himself out. And then we go home. So, so it's interesting, you know, when you're walking in the mall, everyone around you with mask and, and my son will not wear a mask. I was going to ask you, are kids required to wear masks? After three, yes. Uh, after three years old, you have to. Uh, before three, you don't have to. So right now he doesn't have to. I just hope that before I die. I'll be able to walk outside again without having to wear a mask. <laughs> you still got years, man. You still got years. You hey, still got years. <laughs> yeah. We never know, right? You still got years. <laughs> so talk about what the experience was for you uh, with your second child being a COVID baby, right? Mm-hmm. So how was that process in terms of the delivery and going to the hospital and the appointments and all of that stuff? Okay. so. Oh, that's a very good question. Now, you know, my mind is processing it. You know, sometimes your mind doesn't, you don't take time to process what you've experienced. But in asking me that question, now I'm processing it as you're asking. And yeah, now you got to go back and think about yeah, it. Yes, right. That, that That's a very good question. It was different because in terms of, you know, going to appointments, there were times where they would tell my wife, you, only you can come, right? Uh, there was a time where we had to go to an ultrasound. They said, only your wife can come in. So I had to stay out. I, ju- I just thank God, though, on the day that we found out it was another boy, I was allowed in there, <laughs> we, 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 which was cool, which was cool. Uh, uh, what was interesting is, you know, both my wife and I, we had this deal, you know, Boys, I pick the names. Girls, she picks the names. The, the first time, the first time before she even got pregnant, I picked the name. Okay. And I, I wrote it down. I said, this is the name of the child. 
And she goes, but that's a boy's name. I said, yeah, it's going to be a boy. And she's like, but how do you know? I said, I just know. Like, I'm feeling it with everything in me. It's going to be a boy. She gets pregnant, boy. And then the second time, although in my mind I knew it was a boy, I was like, I hope it's a girl because it would be cool. And then, but I picked the name again. I wrote the name down. I said, babe, this is the name. She goes, she, and she wrote her name, right? She, she, she wrote her name. And then she goes, uh, but how do you know? I said, babe, you're, go, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it's, it's a boy. <laughs> so so, so we, we go to the appointment and we get there. And then, you know, they said, it's a boy. Obviously, we're happy. But at the same time, I saw my wife cried. Because it was interesting because in that moment, she, she was grieving. The because fact we, that it wasn't a girl. Yes, because we had decided, it would, too, that was it. Yeah. Like, we're, we're done, right? Yeah. And so for her in that moment, and she had picked the name. And keep in mind, she already picked the name, right? And so in that moment now, she can't really celebrate. Because... She's going through this grieving process, and and it, it, it's such a weird place to be in, right? It's like she's happy that the baby is well, that the baby she's actually carrying is well. Exactly. And she's also thinking, why couldn't you just be a girl? <laughs> that's, that's precisely what was going on in her mind. And, and in that moment, I'm looking at her, I'm like, what's going on through your mind right now? You know, and she's like, I'm never going to be able to buy her a dress. Like I was mm. looking forward to buying a dress. Yeah. Like having that, that, that relationship of mother and daughter where there are certain things that she would share with me that she wouldn't share with you. Uh, she says, I have to grieve all of that. But in right? your mind, what's going on in your mind? You're high-fiving yourself in your mind? In my, it, I, I, but this is the truth though. I was, I knew it was a boy, but I was hoping that it would be a girl so we could have the balance. And, but, but to be fair, I didn't care because I already had my boy. Right. So whoever shows up, I don't really care. <laughs> a girl shows up, I'm celebrating. A boy shows up, I'm celebrating. I don't care. I, I already have my boy. I'm good. Gotcha. Right? And, and so, and so in that moment now, although, you know, it was a good moment, I couldn't fully, you know, embrace or, or enjoy the moment because she is grieving now. Tears running down her face. We're sitting in the car. And she said, and, and at that time she said, man, I'm never going to be able to name any of our kids. And, and, and normally what I normally do is I pick first name, middle name, last name. Right. Well, so the last name is one, easy. It, the last name is easy. It's my name, right? And so, and so, right? <laughs> so for the first boy, I wanted him to have, to have part of my name. So it was Rahim Joseph Augustine. Very easy. Done. I like it. So with this one, okay, first name is Imani. And now I have to pick the middle name. I hadn't picked the middle name yet. I only picked the first name. And so in that moment, I'm sitting in the car. And she, and she says, man, I will never be able to pick any other names of my kids. And I went, babe, I haven't picked the middle name yet. Do you want to pick the middle name? And she looked at me with this smile. She goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to pick the middle name? And she goes, yes. I, and then she says to me, I always wanted to call my son Jethro. And I was like, okay then, Imani Jethro Augustine. Interestingly enough, I was looking for a name with a J. I mean, Jethro is a, that's, that's a, that's like a, it's a powerful sounding name. That's a powerful sounding name. Yeah, Jethro. Right, right? Jethro. And so I was like, okay, baby, that's his name. Imani Jethro. And so that, that, that brought a little bit of joy to her.
yes, I I know she doesn't want another kid. Be, be, because uh, each time, you know, uh, we, 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 we had a baby, it took a toll on her. For example, the second time you asked about the, the birthing process, the first time when, you know, we had the baby, the process was much easier in terms of the planning, mm-hmm. right? Okay, we're going to plan it this way. Her stepmother came uh, to be with us, uh, to help us uh, with, uh, uh, with planning uh, uh, for the hospital. Uh, she came a week before the baby was born. So she, she had already been in the house cooking and helping and doing all sorts of things. And so, plus we have a mother figure in the province where we're at who is constantly helping. So we had already made, we had already made plan for her to be at the hospital. So when the time came for us to go to the hospital, both of them were at the hospital with us. So during the birth process, you know, it, it was a long process because it started at 2 a.m. Uh, we got to the hospital. She got the epidural. At one point, I'm like, babe, I'm too tired. I need to sleep. And so I pulled on the sofa. I slept because there were people there that could, yeah. that could be there for her yeah. in that moment, right? This time around, I'm the only individual allowed in the room. I haven't slept. I'm tired. She's tired. And on top of that, because the baby was growing so much and it was either they induce or they would, if they allowed her to go to full term, it was going to be a C-section. And so for her, she was like, we ain't doing no C-section. And so that was a process on, on its own. And then we had to uh, go to the hospital. It's just her and I. Uh, we're both tired and exhausted. And it was on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that Saturday did not feel like a Sabbath at all. Like, I mean, at all. Because it felt like we had been working. <laughs> Literally. So for our listeners who may not understand what you're saying, the reference of the Saturday is that your religious observant day is Saturday. Exactly. And so right. on that day, that. like it usually every week on on from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, that's like a time of rest and rest. and but what you're saying is the experience at the hospital felt like an additional weekday. Exactly. Because of the amount of effort and work that had to be put into arriving at the hospital. We, we, so we get there. At the time we were supposed to get there, they said, we're not ready for you guys. So we're going to check you guys in. But uh, you guys can go home or go find something to eat and come back. And I'm like... Like, you know, this is not us on vacation and our hotel room is not ready, right? Like, oh my, listen, <laughs> it's so frustrating. So, we got in the car, we're hungry because we haven't eaten because we were supposed to be there for like around 12, something like that. 12 or 1. So, we left the house, we haven't eaten. We're hungry. Pregnant woman, hungry. I'm hungry. We got to eat. And the lady says, well, go, go downstairs, find something to eat. But we, they told us to come back at like five. And at what time did you guys get there? Like one. A whole four hours? Yeah. Yo, so much could happen in four hours. So much could happen. But, but she was being induced. So, it, it, you know, it, it's not like she, she was, no, you know. No, I get that, but still. Yes. Still, yes. So, so we then went, we grabbed something to eat. We went home, and then after that, did she take a nap? I'm trying to remember whether we took a nap or not. We went home, we ate. I know I laid down on the so I can't even remember whether we took a nap. Well, and this then we is got the back. most casual birth experience. <laughs> Listen, this is the most <laughs> casual birth experience, I'm telling you. So, so, and then we get back in the car, we go, but this time everything is ready now. They take us to the room, and then after they take us to the room, so we're there, uh, the doctor comes in, okay, we're going to induce you, but there's a lot of preliminaries, you know, filling out documents and all of that stuff. By the time they induced her, 
I think it was maybe 8, 8 p.m. Like yeah, a whole eight. seven hours after you guys were supposed to get there. Yes. So so 8 p.m. they induced her and uh, the contractions are, are just, you know, like they're not strong. So she's okay up to this point. And then they gave her oxytocin. Ooh, why? To, to, to help with the contraction. Okay. And so, man, once the oxytocin kicked in, she, if I remember what they said, she dilated seven centimeters in like, I think 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. Holy moly. Describe yourself at that moment when your wife is having like contraction after contraction. I'm going to tell you exactly what was going on to my mind. Cause I remember it perfectly. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> and, 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 and what, but this is what's interesting. I'm not the one going through the pain. Yeah. But I'm watching my wife go through it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting you through that again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't ever want to see you go through that kind of pain again. So, so in that moment, as I'm watching, I'm, I'm seeing the pain. There's not much. I, and you know, specifically men, we, we want to do something. Yes. And, and, and that moment, the only thing I could do is hold your hand. Can't do anything about the pain. Sarah is exhausted. I'm exhausted, not because I'm going through anything through the stuff, but I'm exhausted mentally watching her go through that. Yeah. But she's in so much pain now, and it's just her and I. And so, so I, 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 I put on some music. Uh, I, 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 I put a little concert for her just to, 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 to help her to relax. Uh, I, I went old school. I went boys to men. I saw you posted some boys to men stuff <laughs> the other day. So, so I went boys to men on her. I, I sing a couple of boys to men song and do, doing some dance moves. She laughed her butt off. And then after maybe 15 minutes of me putting the concert on, she says, baby, I'm tired. I'm going to fall asleep. I said, okay, baby, you sleep. I'll sleep too. So I go under, there's a chair in the room. Uh, it's like a sofa type of chair, right? I laid there for 20 minutes. The doctors walked in and said, it's time to push. She pushed for seven minutes, 10 minutes. And the baby... Baby was out. The first time she pushed, she pushed for about 45 minutes. But this time, like, they actually, at one point, they had the, when the nurse came and the nurse saw the, the head, the nurse said, wait, don't stop pushing yet. Let me go get the doctor. So they had to tell her to stop pushing because the head was out and she didn't know because she's so tired. She's falling asleep on the, we were both sleeping, but the head was already out. Like, part of the head was coming out. Right. And so it was just the two of us. And so by the time, you know, baby's born, uh, you know, they clean the baby, they, you know, do blood tests and all of the stuff that they normally do. It was something like 4 a.m. I had to go home because her stepmom was coming at in the morning of Monday. And so her stepmom came in the morning of Monday. I picked her up from the airport and then we went to pick up Sarah at the hospital. Again, and keep in mind, I'm still working because I'm still working as a pastor. So I'm still fulfilling my pastoral duties because I, I, since her stepmom was there, I didn't see a need for me to take time off because, you know, I'm going to wait for everybody to leave. Then I'm going to take time off. There, there's no point for me to take time off while we have help. Right, right. right? And so her, her, her stepmom came, he, baby had jaundice, 
And then we found out that the ba- they told us at the hospital that the baby has a hole in his heart. So, man, when, when Sarah called me to tell me the baby has a hole in his heart, my heart just sank. Wow. And I'm like, what do you mean the baby has a hole in his heart? I said, yes, they, they were listening to his heart. And based on the way that it's sounding when it's beating, there's a hole in his heart. And so they, but they told her, look, it happens, you know, it's, it, it, it happens. It will close on its own, but we're going to monitor it. But they said, don't worry. It's not something, you know, that's, that's going to, that he is going to need surgery for because those type of things happen. The hole normally closes on its own, but we're it just letting you know that up. it's there. Right. It is because when, when you say that to, to a, a parent who just had a newborn, it, 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 it just breaks your heart because then your, your mind starts to run in all sorts of direction, right? Uh, could he, his heart just stop beating at night? Yeah. Uh, and so your mind starts running in all sorts of direction like that. And so, and so that process is, is really draining for her because I'm still working, right? So, so I have to split my mind in terms of, oh, oh, what's the word? Uh, there's a word for that. Uh, what's the word? Uh, man, the word is on my tongue, but it's not coming out. Uh, really, I, I have to create boxes. Compartmentalize. So, there you go. Thank you. I was like, the word is right there. So I have to do that. Okay, there's a box for the firstborn. There's a box for uh, a ministry, because I'm still working. There's a box for the new baby. And then there's a box for wife. And here's where, unfortunately, I went wrong. The box for wife was the last box. Mm. Right? Because in my mind, well, you have help. Right? There's help. So I have to focus on first one, baby, church, then you. Right? And so that that's when, you know, uh, things start happening and you don't notice that they're happening because I still have to minister to some people who are going through some stuff themselves. Things like what? Uh, in terms of relationship, right? Things may, like, like for example, th- there's an inti- inti- intimacy that, 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 is, that, that, that I'm supposed to have with her. Well, that, that's going down the drain, right? Because I'm not putting energy into the husband-wife relationship. So let me pause right. you right there for a second, because yeah. I think this is the thought that's, that's uh, coming to mind right now. Mm-hmm. You're not talking from the perspective of someone who is a brand new parent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have a son already. So you've mm-hmm. gone through some experience of having a newborn and, you know, dealing with just how difficult having a newborn is for the first time, how mm-hmm. everything changes, you know, mm-hmm. how you and your partner's relationship now has to take on this different phase because yes. now you're seeing her in her role as a mom. She's seeing you in your role mm-hmm. as a dad. Mm-hmm. And so you've had that under your belt already. Mm-hmm. I'm finding it fascinating uh, and very insightful in that in spite of the circumstances surrounding the birth of your second child, coming back to that phase of your family, bringing in, introducing a newborn doesn't mean that because you've gone through it once before that is going to be easy breezy the second exactly. time around. Yes, because the dynamics changes, right? Because before it was just three individual, right? I pour into firstborn and I pour into my wife. Well, there's a new individual that's now in the picture. The firstborn, now be, because of the arrival of the new one, the firstborn now reverts back to doing stuff that he wasn't doing. And now baby now arrives. Well, we're, we're, the, the, we're, we're pouring so much into the new baby that 
we're, we're not sleeping properly. Interestingly enough, firstborn is not sleeping properly. Now he starts to get up like every three hours in the middle of the night where he used to sleep the whole night. You know, he, he was, uh, he, I don't want to say he was party trained, but in terms of, uh, during the day, we didn't use pull-ups on him. It was, he would wear regular underwear and if he needed to go pee, he would tell you, right. We would, uh, only put pull-ups on him at nighttime or when he's about to take his nap. Dude started just peeing on himself, like and his underwear. And I'm like, dude, you normally tell us like, why aren't you telling us that you need to go to the, so you have that frustration because this guy now is reverting back, which, which supposedly it's normal, right? They, they, that does happen when a second one now shows up in the picture. And so we have to address that. We, 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 we have to pour into him and we have to nurture him. So he knows, you know, you are still loved, right? Uh, you are still cared for. Now we have, we have to split the time between you and your little brother. And so that you, you have all of that going on in your mind, right? How do I show this first one love while also teach him to be okay with mommy and daddy loving the second one? Right, right. Right? And so you have that, that dynamics that is being played out now. And on top of that, Okay, well, folks are still calling. My, my, my phone is still ringing. You know, folks with marital issues, <laughs> they're still calling uh, for, for, for pastoral care. Uh, and specifically with COVID now, uh, we have to call folks because they're isolated. Right, right. We, we have to minister to them and, and, and that way. So all of that is taking place with new baby. And so that's why I'm saying then that's how, you know, you end up neglecting an important area because now I realize, or at least I think, had I poured in more into Sarah, I think there are certain things happening right now that would not be happening. So let's talk about that a little bit, because one of the Mm. primary reasons why um, I wanted to talk to you is because and you've got the permission from Sarah to be able to talk about this, mm-hmm. is that she is dealing with postpartum depression. Yes. Yes. So that in itself takes a toll, not just on her, right. As mm-hmm. the primary person, mm-hmm. but for you as the caregiver of someone mm-hmm. who's dealing with postpartum. Yes. So talk a little bit about what, that experience is since you're living it currently? Yes. So the, the, the interesting thing is I did not know that, you know, she was going through postpartum, right? You know, because, you, you, know, uh, you know, we're told that, you know, when, when a new baby arrives, right, at one point, you know, uh, the mother will get the baby blues, a little depression here and there, right? So, so, but, but I, I, I was aware of this postpartum because the first time we had a baby, I, I, I was constantly asking her, how are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling, right? And this is where I'm saying, this time around, I didn't do that because of everything else that was going on, right? Let me ask uh, you this question before you go on. Mm-hmm. The first time, and even this second time, when you mm-hmm. took your your newborns to their appointments, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if it's the same in Canada, but here, mm-hmm. when we took our newborn to to his um, uh, next day appointment, and then it was like the, the two week appointment or whatever it was, mm-hmm. every time we take him to the pediatrician, my wife gets screened for postpartum. Do you okay. get screened oh. for postpartum? They ask. They ask you? No, they ask her. Like, right. how are you feeling, right? Yeah. But does anyone ask you how you're feeling? That's a good question. Now, I- I'm thinking, I'm wondering. Because in my experience, it's been no. No one has ever asked no. me. So my wife never experienced postpartum. At least, mm-hmm. you know, like you, I kept asking her, you know, how she was and all of that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but whenever we went to the pediatrician, she would get an iPad where she would get screened. Like she would have to answer a series of questions. Oh, that's, that's pretty dope. We to get, get screened that. for postpartum. But no one no, ever we, said, we you that. know, you don't get that. No, we don't get that. And no one they ever told her. With all the questions, they don't. They just ask her, how are you doing? You know, uh, just maybe two or three questions. That's about it. Int- but no yeah. one has ever asked you specifically if you're dealing with postpartum. No. Actually, no. That's a good, no. No one has ever asked me that. Wow. No okay. Yeah. That's pretty dope, dude. That, that, I, I like that they, they do that screening for you guys. No, well, uh, they only do it for her. That's what I'm saying. Because no one ever says to me, no, like no one has asked me, you know, okay. how I'm doing or anything like that. But still, that's a good thing that they, they ask, they do a screening for her. Because here, I don't remember them doing that. Okay. Right? And so, uh, yeah, that, now I'm going to have to go and find out. You know, to ask more question on that because that's a that's a pretty good thing actually to do because I think had they done that, if they had a way to screen, they might have discovered early that she was, you know, suffering from postpartum depression. I see, I see. Right, because that didn't they they didn't do that for her. No, no, they at least I don't remember. but then again, there was one appointment I I I, I couldn't go because uh, they were only allowing her and the baby, if I remember correctly, and and that's when the first panic attack. That's when she had the first panic attack, and and she was on her way there, and I remember she called me, and she says, "Babe, the car is out of gas," and in my mind, I'm going, "Well." Stop at a stop at a gas station. <laughs> right, right. right. Like, like, why are you calling you know, me for? You know what I'm saying? How am I supposed to put gas in the car? <laughs> that, that, that's my whole thing. Like, but yeah. I'm at home with with the other one. Yeah, and and plus I'm working at the same time, so it it, it was almost like as if I wanted to say, "But why are you calling me, though?" Right. But I, so I said, okay, baby, where, where are you? So I, I know the area, you know, fairly well. So she told me, well, I'm on this street. I said, if you go further down, you'll find a gas station there. And then she she did find a gas station. And then she called me. She said, it's this, you know, is it this one? I'm like, babe, I, I don't know what, you know, whether it's Shell or in Canada, we have Petro. So, I don't know which one it is, babe. I just know that there there's one there. Like, actually, there's more than one, actually. There's three, actually. Because I know the area. I'm like, there should be two on your right, one on your left. Pick one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, but she was very panicky. Now, and, now and, prior to this experience, did you know that she was dealing with postpartum? Or this is you going through this without even knowing I, I don't know, but she doesn't know yet. Okay. Right? She 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 that's why I'm saying this is the first time, right? She's having this panic attack because she was left alone with the baby and the car. Mm-hmm. Right? So it mm-hmm. wasn't just a, about the gas. It was I'm by myself man, with this kid. Yes, right? And so I'm on the phone and, and she's really panicking. And I'm like, okay, uh, where are you? I'll go buy the gas. Because uh, I have a jug, said I use for the lawnmower. Okay. Said I'll go buy the gas. Tell me where you are, and I'll come bring it to you. But at the same time, you know, you're frustrated because okay, well, I'm trying to get some stuff done here. Yeah. But I can't, right? But I don't know yet, and she doesn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, well, she took care of the gas thing, and then I called. I said, "Do you want me to come to you?" She said, "No, it's fine. I took care of it." So she goes to to the appointment. That's why I'm saying I don't know. They might have screened her then. I don't know, right? She goes, th- th- that's when they were testing for jaundice because the baby had jaundice. So we had to go almost every day right, okay. for them to see if he was improving. His eyes were yellow. His skin was uh, was yellow. So yeah. they, they kept checking to see if he's improving. Yeah. If he did not improve, they were going to actually bring him back to the hospital so he would stay in. Yeah, put him in like a little incubator or something like that. Exactly. Light. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so, but since he improved, they said, well, he's improving. 
So you guys don't need to just keep make sure he's eating and, you know, that he's pooping. So that was like the first time she had a panic attack. And then she told me she had an, again, this is later on, right? When she's sharing with me. Mm-hmm. And then I, she said she had another one when her stepmom left. She had a panic attack, but throughout the week, Right. My mom was supposed to come the week after because we scheduled it in such a way where we were getting help for close to two months. Awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, but for the week that she was left alone with me, she said, that's afterwards she's telling me. She said, I had a panic attack almost every day. And I was like, okay. But again, that's after the fact, right? So I, I'm telling you the story after the fact because she herself did not know. Right, right. And then she started to have these feelings she, from what she shared with me. And, and so when my mom came, they went away because, you know, there were people there again. And so my mom was there for another three weeks, uh, you know, helping out. My dad came too. So my mom was helping out and man, both her stepmom and my mom phenomenal because they came they cooked, uh, help, you know, to, to make sure the house is clean, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Her pops came again. Her pops did the basement I, I shared with you earlier. And uh, and so, but it was an after my mom left, because my mom left in, on December the 12th. It was after that, that it started to hit like, for real, for real. And, and you would see it in terms of, uh, like her lack of patience, right? Uh, she would get frustrated, uh, you know, quickly. Then, you know, I, I would see it, but in my mind, I was like, oh, okay. You know, there's a lot of emotions involved. You know, I figured maybe the hormones are still running wild. So in your mind, you're like, okay, well, you know, you, 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 you're trying to reason. So, so now, let me ask you this. Now, in retrospect, mm. um, pretend you're talking to someone who perhaps is going through that, but just like you, couldn't recognize the early signs. From your experience, what would be some things that now you can look back on and say, oh, she was doing this. I remember that. Maybe mm-hmm. those were some early signs. So you talk about the panic attack that she told you afterwards. Yes. Is there any, what else, what else? The thing that I noticed the most was the being, she was overwhelmed very easily and, and angry whenever something didn't go her way. Okay. Right. Uh, that, 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 like, it was like, at times I'm like, whoa, you know, this reaction does not match what took place. Right. Right. And, and, and to be fair, and, and this is where I, and, and this is why I, I could not pick up on it. Because in that process, I myself discovered that I was having anger issues or that I had anger issues that needed to be addressed. And so as I'm realizing that about myself, then I'm like, well, if you are like that then she could be like that too. Right. You know, we, we, we both have anger issues that we need to deal with. So right away, I'm at an appointment with my counselor. That's very perceptive of you because not a lot of men will admit that, um, you know, they recognize something that they need to be, uh, to work out 
and say, yeah, I reached out to, to a counselor. Like that aspect of being a parent, whether you're a new parent, whether you're a parent twice over, three times over, whatever the case is, every time another component gets added to what's already on your plate mm-hmm. is reason enough to be mm-hmm. like, I need some professional counseling to help yeah. me, you know, yes. retain and keep everything from falling apart. Because it yes. can feel very overwhelming. Yes, it, 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 it was overwhelming. And and even uh, and her sharing with me, she would say, babe, I know you do a lot. Like, like anybody watching from the outside, looking at everything you do in the house, they will say that you do a lot. But, you know, she says, but it feels like you're not doing anything. And so that's where the frustration now comes for for me now. I'm like, wait a minute, time out. What what you mean I'm not doing anything? (laughs) Right? And and so I, I would get frustrated in that sense. And then my responses, you know, they were out of, I don't want to, they were overboard. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I was arguing with someone who is going through something that I'm not supposed to be arguing with. Right. But I'm not aware that that's going on. So how did you guys go from there to finding out that she was dealing with postpartum? So, so that, it, then because the, the panic attack wouldn't stop, then she reached out to a counselor herself. Right. So we were both we both reached out to to counselors. And so when she reached out to a counselor and I'm guessing the counselor screened her and then the counselor told her, like, you you know, you have postpartum depression. And so for her and, and this is something that, by the way, she when I told her we were going to be having this conversation, she said, hey, I'm going to give you a list of my symptoms. You oh, can yeah. Share yeah. No, please. Yeah, absolutely. So she told me you can share that list with with. with Kelly, when, when you talk to him. So the first one is, she said, first symptom is self-critical. Like, like, and, and I've seen that where she would say, you know, she would share, she would say, I'm a monster. Like, I'm not a good mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, very self-critical. Like, like, she beat herself a lot. Like, it, it, it's almost as if she has an expectation of herself that she should not make any mistake. And anytime she makes a tiny little mistake, it's, you, you see, you're, you're not good. Wow. Right? Okay. So, so and, and I've seen her. And then there's this one right here, which I've also witnessed. Deep sense of sadness. Like, and, and that part, she had to tell me, then I began to witness it. Okay. Right. She would say, babe, I said, but how, how does it feel? Right. Like this deep sense of sadness that you're talking about, like, like, can you help me, you know, understand it? Cause you know, I, I, I'm coming. F- I, I don't understand what it feels to be where you are. Right. Right. So you, you have to use something that would help me to have to relate, a sense yeah. or an idea yeah. of what you are saying. And so the way she described it, she says, baby, it feels like death. Like I'm holding the baby. The baby is breastfeeding, but it feels like the baby is dead. And so I'm feeling the emotions that is attached to the death of, of the baby. Holy cow. Yes. And, 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 she said, babe, it comes and goes at any given moment. Like I'm breastfeeding in the, in the middle of the night. I'm acting as if the baby is dead while the baby is breastfeeding. But inside of me, the emotions are telling me that the baby is dead when the baby is fully alive. Wow. Yes. And so, and so then I begin to pay attention now because now, okay, she just shared that with me. And so there were times where I'd be talking to her and we're having a good time. And then I see her stare and, 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 and like, like it's a blank look at her face. The first time I let it, I let it play out. Right. Cause I was like, okay, well I'm going to let this play out. And I waited, I waited 30 seconds, 
40 seconds, 45 seconds. Baby. Baby. Babe. She goes, yes. Where did you just go right now? She goes, babe, I can't tell you. Because it, it, it's it's that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's that, you know, it's that heavy for her. Like, it's so, like, like the the the, the it's the almost like she's consumed by it she, she is consumed by it right and so it, it's that bad where she's like babe i i can't tell you because it's 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 really bad wow right and so i began to notice more and more when it when, when it happens the third thing that she 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 said is she's overwhelmed and angry when things don't go according to plan it could be any little plan like it, it doesn't matter if it's big, if it's small, if it's not going according to how she planned it in her mind, then it's the, the, the and that's why I, I, I shared with her, babe, the emotions are not matching the reality of what's taking place. Like that's a big emotions for something that is this small. Like, you know, the, something's wrong, right? And so, and, and, and so the, the other thing that she shared with me was that she, she has anxiety and panic attacks, you know, for no reason. Like she said, she'll just start to feel anxious and panicky for no reason. Like randomly, they just come and go, come and go and come and go. And the last thing is she says she's less able to look at positive or be grateful for things. That's why she said, babe, like I can see that you're doing a lot. But, but it, it feels, feels like, like you're doing nothing. Nothing. She wow. says, it feels like I'm alone. And, 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 and now this is where for, for somebody, for a husband who's going through something like this, getting to a place where you don't take it personal. Mm. Because at first I was. Mm -hmm. Because... I'm splitting myself in many direction right now. I still have to put in 40 hours over there and then come home and try to split, you know, the duties 50-50. And so to hear, you know, it feels like you're not doing anything. That's, that's, uh, that's like a... Um that gets at the, I don't want to say gets at the ego, but it definitely touches a chord where you like it, it, it almost touches on, it's almost like somebody offended your character by saying that. That's literally how it feels. Right. And, and so, and, and, and it feels like your, your, your work or uh, your efforts are being dismissed. Yeah. And, and, and that's where, you know, the, the feeling of uh, you, I, you feel hurt because or, or you feel unappreciated because time out. You're, you're not seeing everything that I'm doing. Like I see right? it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and but but here's the flip side. And for, here's the flip side of that. You know, I talk about, you know, I'm putting in 40 hours, you know, for work and then come home to split the stuff 50-50. Well, that's what she's doing too. Yes. Right? She she is putting 40 hours. Yes. <laughs> and then she, she splits the rest with me 50-50. <laughs> so, so, so you're both on the same spectrum. Yes. Just at seemingly different ends, but it's really yes. the same end. It's just a different facet of it. Yes, but most most men we don't look at it like that. Absolutely, I agree. Right, because you're home, I leave. Right, right? Uh, and I'm I'm putting in work. So what that have you been doing home all day? You, you, you know, and, yeah. and so and so that that's the part where, and on top of that, with, with what she's going through, right, that makes it even more challenging. So, on on some level. You could say for her, it's 24 hours a day.
Let me ask you this question. Um, mm. And I'm going to start bringing the conversation to, to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the level of vulnerability, uh, the level of transparency, because it's not easy. I can't imagine that it's not easy to be in a household with someone, uh, with your partner dealing with any type of depression, mm-hmm. let alone the type of depression that surrounds you know, something that should be a celebration, a celebration, you know, as the arrival of a child. Um, and I appreciate the fact that she even uh, provided you with this list to be able to at least give some context mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. things that she's feeling and mm-hmm. descriptions that she gives. I mean, that's, that, that is, that is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, as we bring this conversation to a close, mm-hmm. talk to me as if I came to you mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, listen, Joe, I think that my wife is going through postpartum mm-hmm. and I've shared with you some ways that I'm trying to handle it, but you clearly see I have no good handle on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm from your experience and where you are now, Mm -hmm. give me at least three things that you would counsel me to, to do or how Mm -hmm. to approach my wife uh, who is 24 seven in this Mm -hmm. cycle of postpartum. That's a very good question. And, uh, and there is no right or wrong answer because really it, it, it all depends on, uh, on the individual, right? And here's why what I mean by that. For example, my wife is suffering from postpartum, but what her counselor told her is she's high functioning. What what that means is she able she's able to do the day to day stuff, right? It's not like she is locked up in her room somewhere in bed and just doesn't want exactly. to get out of bed. Exactly. For and she has had the opportunity to share with some of the folks in our community that she's going through this and now they start sharing with her. She, she spoke to someone who could not even hold the baby. And so, so it all depends on, on, you know, the level of, of, uh, uh, or the gravity. Right. The gravity of where, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so really the, the, the first thing for us is to listen. Like the worst thing we could do is try to fix learning to listen. That that's the first thing because, and you you know how men, we we want to fix things. When my wife talks to me, man, I'm just thinking about like a hundred ways to be like, well, you could do this. Well, you should do that. Exactly. And, And when my wife talks to me now, I have to tell myself, dude, don't say anything. Shut up and Just listen. listen. Like, like I, I know you have a solution in your mind right now. Don't say it because th- that's not what this is about right now. You're just going to listen. And so that, that's the first thing. The second thing, honestly, encourage your, your spouse to see a professional. Because many women go through this and they don't know they're going through it. And many right. men whose women are going through this can't recognize, like you early on didn't yeah. recognize that this is something that was going on. And and that process, they end up doing more damage to their wives. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't know that that's going on. And for example, your wife will touch the baby. You, Baby, why are you so lazy? Yeah. You, you're a mother now. Yeah. Why are you lazy? Would you, would you get out of the bed? Like, would you go take it? No, like you're you're doing more damage to the individual because keep in mind, they're already telling themselves a bunch of negative things about themselves. And so now if you go and you reaffirm their message to themselves, you're literally destroying them. Yeah, that's a that's a web that is going to be very hard to untangle. 
Oh man, man, man. And 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 even my wife, she told me, babe, when she talks to other women who have gone through this, many of them say their husband did their husbands did a lot of damage in the process. Because they they didn't know. And so they don't know. They're treating their wives as if, you know, it's the same person that 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 was before the birth. And so, you know, they're saying certain things and they end up hurting and, and doing more damage. I'm just grateful because I found out early enough where I could begin to, to, to be mindful, right? And even now, I'm, I, it's still a process. Like, you, you don't get to a place where you go, oh, this is it. Like, okay, we figured it out. This is it. And so really encourage your wives to see professionals, you know, but gently. Right. Uh, you, you don't want to be forceful, you know, but gently making the suggestion. You are based on the experience that you've shared. Uh, you've shown what the positive side can be. Right. What the responsible side can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a father who is perceptive, a husband who is perceptive, a husband who understand what his wife is going through. Uh not perfectly because none of us, it, it, you know, can do anything perfectly. Mm-hmm. But a husband who is trying and who realizes that this is not my wife being lazy. This is not my wife being crazy. This is mm-hmm. not my wife being anything except someone who is dealing with something serious. So yes. there's that level of consideration and partnership mm-hmm. with your spouse. Mm-hmm. On the other end of that spectrum is the opposite of the example that you have shared with me this Mm -hmm. afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's in the middle of all of that are the children who can potentially be physically harmed, Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. by the mom who is dealing Mm -hmm. with the postpartum, Mm -hmm. but also a father who by not being aware of mom's situation mm-hmm. is allowing perhaps mom to harm the child or mm-hmm. dad himself is harming the child, uh, mm-hmm. whether physically or emotionally or whatever the case is, but the children can also suffer from, you know, the consequences. And so this is not something that, you know, is only affecting one person of the family. Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. this is something that affects the family unit at large. Absolutely, and 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 here's the last thing I which I forgot to mention: men seek help because oftentimes, you know, we we're thinking about the wife, but we we specifically if depending on the community that you come from. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a Haitian community. This business of emotions, what are you talking about? We, we, don't, yeah, talk we, about don't, we, don't, we don't do that. We don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so I, I, I was fortunate in the sense that when I went to, to study uh, theology, I moved away from the family, which gave me an opportunity to be away from the Haitian community, which allowed me to see things that I didn't know <laughs> exist. Right, right, right. Right? And so as a result now, while I was at seminary, I went to counseling. Yeah. Right? We, before, you could not convince me to go to counseling. If you had asked me to go to counseling, I would have told you, counseling is for crazy people. Yeah. That's that's what we think in our community. Yeah, unfortunately. But, but, unfortunately, right? And but But then I got to a place where I was like, but Joe, you are crazy. Look at the stuff that you're doing. Like crazy people do what you're doing. <laughs> so if counseling is for crazy people, well, it's for you. You fit the bill. I, I just fit, right? And so getting that help now, I was at Andrews for two years and a half. For two years and a half. I was in counseling for close to two years. Almost the whole time I was there. So as a result now, I, I, I was put in a place where I am more aware of self than before. Man, I can't, I can't appreciate uh, you enough for sharing your experience again, for 
being candid, for being transparent, for the level of introspection. Thank you to your wife for, you know, giving mm-hmm. you the green light to be able to share this aspect of, of her experience. And like you said, this is not encompassing of everyone's experience because there is a, a gradation in this thing. Um, yeah. But it at least gives some framework uh, for some people to be able to keep in mind. You know, I, as a part of, of just walking into this role of, of becoming a father, I joined a couple of Facebook groups uh, for dads, new dads and what have you. And one of the things that I see often in those groups are men who just come in and you can tell that they are at their wits end. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we just became parents. My wife is, and some of the things that you described in your experience I'm recalling and I'm like, wow, this is what these guys are, are describing in their post as well. And I see a lot of the feedback and a lot of the guys are like, listen, man, you know, maybe your wife is going through postpartum so far and so forth. What, what becomes more and more evident to me, the more I read these posts and now that, you know, you and I are having this conversation is that while mom is dealing with all of this, Mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be as much known resources Mm -hmm. for dads who are supporting the mom who is going through this thing. So there are plenty of resources for for the woman, Mm -hmm. but there Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be as much for the men. And I think that's an area that um that needs to be addressed because like i said earlier postpartum doesn't just affect you know your wife mm-hmm. it takes a toll on you mm-hmm. which then takes mm-hmm. a toll on the children which then takes a toll on the family so this is something that you know the ripple effects go a lot further mm-hmm. than than what we True. can imagine and so these tips that you provided, you know, listen, if you suspect that your wife is going through postpartum, um, what was the second one you said again? Uh, oh yeah. You said, you said, listen, uh, you said, encourage, gently encourage your spouse to seek professional help. Yes. And also from the man's side, so mm-hmm. we need to make sure that yeah. we are also addressing our yes. own issues. So, That's yeah, right there. I think those are, if those can serve as three pillars to get people jump started to go somewhere, I think that's, uh, I think that's a good place to go.
Thank you.